You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In high school, I think it was my sophomore year, after Alabama beat Notre Dame, a kid in my homeroom who I was kind of friends with, and I had a bunch of classes with him because we took the same classes and his last name started with an M. My last name starts with an L. And so we were always right behind each other. Uh, after that game, so he, his whole family went to Notre Dame. He knew he was going to Notre Dame when he was like mm-hmm. five. Right, I took his right. plan to the school, gave us and wrote Roll Tide in every page for about three months. <laughs> and then I didn't, I stopped doing it, except I went to the, what the last week of school would have been. And wrote Roll Tide across the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it's he a good prank. <laughs> I made a detour out of the game when I was hustling crack. Made a couple of dollars, made a little bit of change, never looked back. You can find me at the shooting range, practicing busting gaps. Want a vocal booth in this studio, busting raps. With some gold on my body, off my body, off Carlos Rossi, I'm sloppy, I treat my luxury. Welcome to the like second ever edition of Tailgate on the Quad. We have Parker here to talk some college football playoffs if he has time, some Heisman Awards. But the real reason I have him on, other than the fact that he's just a wonderful person, <laughs> we're talking Sark to Texas. <laughs> You're a Texas guy. Texas guy, born, as I told Shaka, if it weren't for that school, I probably wouldn't exist. <laughs> well, thank you, Texas. Thanks. Hook them. That's all <laughs> hook I can em, say about em. that. So you said you saw the details of the contract or like the loose details. I hadn't seen anything yet. Well, Sports Illustrated is speculating that it's going to be, uh, you know, three or four years and about four million a year based on what he was making as an OC and based on what he made at USC and stuff like that. Um, so, uh, you know, three or four years, roughly four million. We'll go ahead and call it 12 to 16, like somewhere in that ballpark. Probably with like a 40 million dollar bio because that's just what you <laughs> guys now. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I think it's hysterical and we're going to get to that in a second. But. Auburn said to Gus Malzahn, hey, we're going to pay you like $40 million just not to coach for us anymore. Right. Well, and absurd. In a global pandemic, too. Like, at a time that schools are... The the Sports Illustrated article is really about how in the last month, schools have been saying they're hurting for money. And now Texas is just the latest example of, like, throwing a ridiculous amount of money at changing football coaches. Because the buyout for Herm was $15 million. The buyout for his staff was nine. 
and then you're like and you're about to offer this next dude 16 plus like <laughs> like this, this just adds up to a lot of money being spent at a school that like was just telling people in the fall about like we have to let kids into the stands because we're hurting for money guys <laughs> like <laughs> texas is really interesting because i think i saw this on twitter so the university of texas cannot use the longhorn logo unless the athletic department says they can there it's something about like different parts of campus have different marketing rights and i don't think it's directly tied to the nike deal but it seems to be like athletics uses the longhorn and the school uses like the seal and like they're like you know different parts of campus um because the longhorn is like i mean burnt orange like there's a certain shade of burnt orange oh it's it's ridiculous because i know alabama anyone on not anyone but any thing to do with the university if approved by the university can use the script a but if it's when within like the circle that's the athletic team that's the athletic department's seal anything in a square is the register of the university oh i wouldn't so, know that i would now you're saying that it makes sense i wouldn't i, know I saw that i always saw it on campus like the squares and i was like why aren't they just using the circle and then i saw that term like that makes sense yeah, yeah yeah but back to sark as i take us off the rails <laughs> i i want to know how you think about this because i've seen Alabama reactions to it. I've had my own reactions, but well, <laughs> that's interesting because I'm interested in the Alabama reaction because I'm sure there's part of it just that it just keeps on chugging along there. The thing at Texas is interesting to me is there's been this big movement for you know probably eight to twelve months now about like moving on from Tom Herman, right? Like it's time to move on. Um, it feels weirdly lateral to me. So like Tom Herman is to Urban Meyer as I see Sarkeesian to like Nick Saban, right? Like they're like connected offensive coordinator, you know, done some good work with the guy. Um, Herman's head coaching job came after his work with Urban and Sark's head coaching stuff came before his work with Saban, but like relatively similar in that way to me. It just feels really lateral to me, but it's a new face. And so are people excited about it from that perspective. I'm just not sure. Like, so they wanted to go get Urban Meyer four years ago. You know, what was it? Eight years ago. They wanted to go get Nick Saban. Uh, you know, I joked with several people on Twitter in about three or four years, they want to go get Dabo Sweeney. <laughs> like, it's just going to keep going. Right. Like, I, I don't, I don't know that they're going to be happy with this in three or four years, but it's just going to be a three or four year carousel. It feels like we're just stuck in this loop. Yeah. My, my thing is, I feel like for a big 12 team though, Sark's a great coach. You don't know how he can handle defense at this point in his career. He doesn't have to, it's the big 12. Well, and the deal will be in the Big 12 is just like it was for Herman. It's you're going to have to beat Oklahoma and you're going to have to not lose games you shouldn't lose, right? Like most years you're going to have out-recruited, if you're Texas, you're going to have out-recruited just with four and five-star type kids. You're Kansas State. You're going to have out-recruited the Iowa States. They lose those games when they shouldn't lose. The game that you play like-minded talent is always Oklahoma. Occasionally at Oklahoma State. You know, Gary Patterson's had stuff rolling at TCU, but year in, year out, it's Oklahoma. And um, it used to be occasionally A&M. It used to be, but they left, right? Uh, it, it just feels like when you're coaching against Oklahoma, you're going to have score. Even this year in the double overtime game, you're going to score 45-plus. And Sarkeesian can do that. The rap on Herman was that he could do that. And he did beat Oklahoma a couple times, right? Um, yeah. But the the deal is you're just playing Oklahoma with, Lincoln Riley's offense, you're going to score 45. That's just college football these days. Yeah, and I mean, in Sark's defense, they've scored, Alabama, every game that he's coached in, they've scored 35 or more, except on two occasions. 
the 2016 national championship against Clemson, they scored 31 and it was a very close game. They lost. And he was a filling because Lane Kiffin left right before that to go to FAU. Right. Sark was an analyst. So they're like, oh, just be offense coordinator. And then against Notre Dame this past weekend. So he can put up points. Interesting. And he also, he schemes well, it seems. And it might be because I think I saw something like 83% of Alabama's recruits every year are blue chip recruits. Right, smart kid. Which is the most in the country. Always, yeah. So I think it's a little easier to do for him. But also, I mean, Georgia's like 81% or something, and they don't win anything. But I I was always curious what Texas fans thought of it. Alabama fans, that was the most unnecessarily heart-wrenching morning because it was like, <laughs> oh, Sark's probably going to Texas because they fired or like they fired Herman. Sark's going to Texas. They want him to go to Texas. They've talked to him about going to Texas. They're looking at him to go to Texas. He they went down, yeah. down the Texas job. <laughs> oh, wait, no, he's going to Texas now. Right. It was unnecessary. Like, David Pollock is dead to me. <laughs> I've never liked him, but he was the first one I saw do that. Like, oh, I, I saw and heard that he was going to go to Texas, and now I'm seeing that he turned it down. And right. that, because that kind of happened earlier, Auburn wanted to interview him, and he turned down the interview. Right. Well, and, you know, I wonder if there's some of that, like, at Auburn, he's going to have to beat Saban a couple times to keep his job. At Texas, he doesn't, right? Um, and no, I, I, don't, I don't know what the—I think it's funny that Pollock has credibility, and he was the first one out there nationally with the, ooh, he turned it down. And you know his mentions just went nuts. <laughs> I was so mad. I don't like Pollock either. Even from game day, I don't like him. But uh, I, I just don't like him. Uh, Ellinger's a senior, going to the draft at least. Going to the draft, uh, he, he declared in the last twenty four hours. I saw the video circle. I don't know what you know, was it was this morning or last night or whatever. But uh, you know, the deal with Ellinger is he's the hometown kid. He went to Westlake, right there, you know, the nearest suburb west of town, and he grew up a big Texas fan. There's the pictures of his little baby kid with the little horns, whatever, and you know, I, I have high hopes for him if he can, you know, if Taysom Hill can play in the NFL. I don't know. Sam Ellinger is very similar athlete to me, and I don't know that either one's really a quarterback. But um, you know, it it would take a creative guy like Sean Payton to do it, and there aren't very many Sean Paytons around, so maybe that's not good for him. But maybe Bill Belichick and the Patriots will draft him. Uh, I, would, I would hate that. Honestly, <laughs> right? Say there's another connection to you, right? The Massachusetts. <laughs> exactly. I'm the worst. I'm an Alabama and a Patriots fan, but I don't want that. But uh. Is there another quarterback coming up? I'm going to be honest. I don't know much about Texas and their depth chart or their recruiting lately. Well, I don't know what this last 48 hours will do. They had a blue chip type guy from the DFW um, that had committed and then decommitted. I don't actually remember where he stood. Again, this is all like last weekend just happening with the Herman thing where he stood. Uh, The interesting thing to me will be is the guy that came in in the bowl game when Sam went out played really, really well. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm i trying to look up his name because it slipped my mind as I came on. Uh, but the... Anyway, that is all to say that I don't know that it'll necessarily be a new kid next year. As for, It could just be... Uh, Casey Thompson, sorry, like he came in in the uh, in the bowl game, filling for Sam. Gave put up fifty five points. Uh, we'll see how we'll see if they need a freshman or not next year. Thompson will probably win the job in the spring, especially with like it looks like COVID protocols will still be weird in the spring. So true. If if I were that 
the, the blue chip from DFW, and they're like, hey, we hired Steve Sarkeesian. I'm like, where is my pen? I'm committing right now. <laughs> well, because the truth is, is like, you know, Mac Jones is really good, but you also know that you're going to pull in all the guys around. Just, just like we talk, and I'm sure we get to Heisman talk in a second, but like all the guys around Mac Jones are also very good. And so that only as a quarterback makes you look better. Um, I, you know, I'd have to look more in depth as who like are the up and coming wide receivers and stuff like that in the state of Texas, the linemen. I know Alabama just stole, I say stole because they're from the DFW, but two really good linemen uh, that are like twin brothers. Um, Didn't so. they, did their dad play for Texas or A&M? Yeah. I remember the he dad, played for one. The dad played at Texas and the kids are going to Alabama is why the story was like, oh man. <laughs> um, but I think, I think they signed the other day, so I doubt they changed their, I mean, I don't I, know how. I remember that story, but. Oh, I would be so mad, but also I get it if Sark got them to flip back and go to Texas. But like, well, and you that, mentioned oh. that's always interesting because, like, you know, you want to play for the coach, but it's also committing to a school and a program, and it's not like he's the head coach at Alabama, right? The Saban's, you know, the pro- Saban is the program in so many ways. It would be it would be interesting, but yeah, I mean, I can't complain about players flipping recruitment uh, or flipping commitment. Mac Jones was committed to Kentucky and then flipped it to Alabama, so I can't complain. <laughs> oh, Shaka's told me about that one. <laughs> I, I, I'm happy with the move, but you mentioned the Heisman watch. Uh, have you seen, like, the updated rankings for it so far? I haven't. I've talked about it. Uh, we did a deal the other, I guess it's two weeks ago now. Um, so I was looking at paying attention to it then. Obviously, they announced the four invitees, but I haven't like looked at some breakdown of who's where within that. No. So before I tell you, who's your favorite? Who do you think's going to win it? Well, I, I to- I've told people this whole time. I would vote for Devonte Smith if it were up to me. Um, he's by far like when I've watched games this year. And again, these are guys on teams we watch. It's not like they're anybody from like some schmuck team or whatever. Uh, but when I've watched games this year, I felt like Devontae Smith was the most impressive. Uh, I think that the reality of it going to receiver is tough. Like that's just that's just not what they typically do with the award. I wonder if people like me could potentially like if you're watching Alabama and super impressed, and you think it's one of those two guys, and here Mac, do you does that split the vote somehow? My whole thing with it has been: is it a year that it feels it's not traditionally a like lifetime achievement award, but is it a year that feels like this like lifetime achievement war for Trevor Lawrence because he has had this tremendous, you know, career in college football. Uh, you know, it, that would be not the norm. It wasn't that a year ago, wasn't that the year before that, it wasn't that the year before that. But like is it just a weird year? And so is that what we do? I don't know. I would be so mad. If it was another athlete besides Trevor Lawrence, I'd still be mad. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence makes me even matter about it. Florida fans are complaining about Kyle Trask. And how he should win it because he has the most passing yards and t- passing touchdowns. All his passing touchdowns were like slants or quick outs or something or swings by the yeah. running back. Flats by the tight end were a lot of them too within five yards of the end zone. It. So, yes, he has the numbers, but they're not impressive numbers. He doesn't really have a Heisman moment. He has Heisman losing moment, throwing three picks. <laughs> well, and he also... He has, you know, in the same way that I talk about Devontae Smith being around Mac Jones, 
he's got some really strong pass catchers and pits and stuff like that around him as well. <laughs> like, like it's not like he's working with nothing. <laughs> so, no, according to Florida fans, Mac Jones has all the talent in the SEC. In little old Florida, <laughs> doesn't have anything. Uh, well, you probably interact with more Florida fans than I do, so I'll trust you on it. But I, I don't think they're right they're, on that they're one. They're terrible. <laughs> uh, but I asked. I feel the same way. I I would vote for Devonte Smith, uh, AP National Player of the Year. First Alabama player to do it, first wide receiver to win it. And the Heisman, I talked about this last week. The Heisman, in the past 20 years, there have been two non quarterbacks to win the award uh, Mark Ingram in 2009 and Derrick Henry in 2015. I hope and I think this is going to, I think Devontae Smith is going to join that list just so I can brag about the th- last three non quarterback <laughs> Heisman winners went to Alabama. But the odds right now, Devontae Smith is the favorite. Uh, according to sportingnews.com, uh, minus 180, Mac Jones plus 155, Trevor Lawrence plus 1600, and Kyle Trask plus 2700. Gotcha. Well, and so the interesting thing there is that it's not that Trask didn't have tremendous numbers, it's that Devontae Smith did it on bigger stages, and it's that Devontae Smith's doing it in this incredible fashion that also, like, the receiver position intuitively, like, you are so dependent on, like, Every time you, you might, if you're really good, get thrown 10 balls a game, like you have to make 10 plays. Like you can't go like six for 10, you know, like that's not, yeah. that's not something a receiver can do. I, I think also with this every year, they're kind of big on what's his Heisman moment. What, yeah. what one narrative. play encapsulates the whole season. Kyle Trask didn't really have that. Trevor Lawrence. I don't think sh- I, I think Kyle Trask should have better odds than Trevor Lawrence, to be honest with you. And that's not me hating Trevor Lawrence is missing two games. Not the best year of his career. And yeah. even even Matt Jones doesn't have a Heisman moment, really. He has made a lot of good throws, but there you can't look at one in the midst of all the greatness he's had well, and say that. And the shame there is like that's part of it's just that they didn't play close games, right? Uh Clemson's loss and then all of their wins, both of them were like there wasn't like some like game winning drive that like is memorable because they had to just execute, execute, execute. Like yeah. Clemson's big win was a blow to Notre Dame. Alabama's most recent win was a blowout of Notre Dame, right? Like, that's the way that goes. Devontae Smith, though, even in a blowout, his one-handed catch in the back of the end zone against LSU, that they will point to that and go, that's his Heisman moment. That really encapsulates what he's been all year to this team in one play. Well, and it's, it, that's the difference in receivers, too, right? Is that, like, yeah. you can't expect a receiver to have some tremendous drive to win a game because a good defense can double, triple, whatever, and, like, make it difficult for them to shake loose and whatnot, right? Um, athleticism, like he's got, is just impossible to beat. I'm curious how he's going to do in the NFL, and I know this is a college football show. We're going to talk about that a little bit, because Devontae Smith's 174 pounds. Yeah. I mean, there. I don't... I mean, he would have to put on 10 pounds or so, but, like, Tyreek Hill's not huge... You know, Deshaun Jackson was obviously not very big. I guess he's still playing. He's not very big, right? I don't know if he's quite got that kind of speed, but, man, he is he is really, really good. That's true. The issue, though, with, like, Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill's 5'11", and he's probably about 180. Right. Around that. Deshaun Jackson's tall, but he has muscle. Right. They call Devontae Smith the Slim Reaper for a reason. He's, like, <laughs> 6'1", 174 pounds. Yeah. If I were a team, I'd be concerned about him getting snapped in half the first play of the game. Yeah, yeah. Well, and 
that's a lot of young receivers too. I, it looked like to me Philly was playing with their pick last night to get him though. So maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's you know Philly had, they, they had Deshaun Jackson long time. Maybe they think they can have another thin receiver. Um, that that's true. Uh, I'm also just trying to talk teams out of taking him so the Patriots can draft him at 15. <laughs> but I, I don't know if he falls that low. <laughs> maybe, maybe I the, saw a mock draft on fan side. I think that had him going at 15 to the Patriots. Alex Leatherwood. Bama's offense or Bama's left tackle going to the Patriots at 47. (laughs) Both of those would require huge drops. Devontae Smith might be a top 10, depending on how teams value Jalen Waddell. If he comes back for the national championship, how he looks and Jamar chase, but he's a top 10 pick. Alex Leatherwood's a late first. So at 15, it's going to be a reach to get Leatherwood. And at 47, he's gone. Those would both be picks that, you know, you're a Patriots fan, so you probably don't see it this way, but those would both be picks that everyone else in the country goes, oh, my God, how do we let the Patriots get that guy? Because it feels that way whenever they get that, like, oh, of course that guy's going to be good. He was tremendous in college. He just was a little underweight or a little short or a little, like, it's like, of course they're going to get him because he's, like, that would feel very, very New England Patriots to somehow get both of those guys. That's true. That actually makes me feel a little better because the drafts the last couple years have been bad. Nikhil Harry at 32. I am never going to stop being mad about that one. It's more of a historic take, I guess. <laughs> <But> <laughs> That's true. This It's recency bias, but also, you know, trading out of the first round and taking a D2 player with our second round pick. He looks fine, but that's not what you want to see. But before I start ranting about the Patriots, a ridiculous amount, no one cares about that. We're going to talk the national championship. Initially, Mike was going to be on, and I wanted to piss him off, but, oh. <laughs> but I'm glad you could come on. We actually have never spoken, like, in a Zoom call or anything. Right, I feel like we go back and forth in the, in the belly-up slack a lot, and on Twitter, but I don't know that we've yeah. actually, like, sat down and talked about it. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I realized that as I was like, I've never spoken to him before, but... <laughs> so, what I, I'm going to break down some of the numbers on this. The spread right now is minus seven and a half. The consensus spread on Odd Shark. The over-under is 75. 60% of people are taking the under on that. I'm trying to see if there's anything else of note. It I must might be too far from game time, but where... Oh, best money line for OSU is plus 248. Best Bama money line is minus 270. That's on five dimes and Bovada, respectively. If you want to go bet on that. I don't bet, but I like telling people. That, like, <laughs> these are the numbers yeah. <laughs> i don't have the money to because i would probably lose a lot although i did predict texas would upset oklahoma state earlier in the year nice <laughs> so that's my claim to fame that i was adamant that texas was going to win and so but what are your thoughts on the national championship well first of all i i, I didn't even predict ohio state to get this far so i feel awkward and like like, I think it could very well play out as a close game now. Because um, 10 days ago, I would have not said that. You know, six days ago, I would not have said that. Um, I also look at the national championship as, you know, 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications is this so like justin field took that big hit and like reports were that like he went to the tent and they didn't diagnose him and then he got shut up with something and like he it, like he couldn't feel his side but he was okay and like he had some tremendous throws so he clearly looked good with whatever they shot him up with the rest of that game but i don't have a lot of experience with anything i have no experience with anything too much heavier than like a normal advil but I would imagine once that stuff wears off, you're in a lot of pain. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> and so, you know, I would imagine that he was really sore the next day and what that injury has that injury play out in the coming days leading up to the game. Because very clearly, when he's right, they're very good. Because the knock on them in their six games, I mean, one of the knocks on them, because people should thought they shouldn't have gotten the six game, whatever. One of the knocks on Ohio State was that, you know, Justin Fields doesn't look as good as he did a year ago, right? And that they're not quite the same team as they were a year ago and so on. Um, and so if he's good, they're good. The thing that's interesting to me in their last two games, in the uh, conference championship game and then the Clemson game, is they like this rebirth of the running game there. Like that was not on on showcase in the Indiana game. And so Alabama's always got a stout defensive line and so on. But I just I wonder how does that play out? Because that feels relatively new. Yeah, I mean, Trey Sermon, I mean, you know, you watched him for a while, is a phenomenal running back. I thought before he transferred that he was going to be a big part of Oklahoma's offense this year with Spencer Rattler, and they transferred to Ohio State. Um, I, I'm i not concerned about the outcome, but I'm, I know this game is going to take years off my life. I hate Pete Golding, Alabama's defensive <laughs> coordinator. Go buy a fire Pete shirt on Teespring. <laughs> but this team doesn't know how to tackle. It always feels like they're in a bad scheme. I don't know what's going on half the time. I wish Texas had hired Pete Golding. I'm sorry. <laughs> I even tweeted about it like, hey, uh, Texas, your offense is good. You don't need an offensive-minded coach. But Big 12 doesn't have defense. Imagine being the first one with a defense. Hire Pete Golding. <laughs> and no one listened to me because I was lying to get rid of Pete Golding. But I, I still think Alabama's going to win. It's just going to be painful to watch from my point of view because – I'm going to rip my hair and scream at least five times. But uh, the Justin Fields thing, he might, they're talking, or rumors are talking, bleh, rumored to be talking. Sorry, that was hard to say. <laughs> rumored to be talking about postponing the game a week for COVID reasons. Now, I haven't seen any big names say it, but it's all, it's, that's what Twitter's saying, and there are some blue check marks in there. Well, you're and you're way more tied to Alabama Twitter than I than I am to either Alabama and Ohio State, and so I'm sure that there's you know where there's smoke, there's fire. If Alabama caught that break after the year, 
Alabama, no. If Ohio, sorry, State. If Ohio State. If Ohio State. If Ohio State catches that break after, well, we're going to play six games so you can like play in the college football playoff. Okay, well, you have to play you have to play those 6 of the 8 to get into the Big 10. Then you have to well, just kidding, you can get into the Big 10. And then well, we're going to sneak you in even though you only played 6 games. Like if Ohio State caught that break. And this is Alabama Twitter worried about cuz I would assume Ohio State Twitter would be like, "No, let's we're pushing it. We're pushing, we're pushing it." It's not Alabama Twitter worried about just People are tweeting it outside of Alabama Twitter, and then Alabama Twitter's like, really? You're going to give them another break? Uh, oh, also the Big Ten had their 21-day rule at first. <laughs> then once Ohio State got into the Big Ten championship right. and was about to be in the college World playoffs, they're like, oh, no, we're going to shorten it. It's shortened now. <laughs> uh, but no, actually, I, I get why they are post. They might postpone it. I just heard from Dr. Fauci. He said that bruised ribs are now a symptom of COVID, apparently. So Justin Fields <laughs> has to sit out. <laughs> they, you gotta have both teams at full strength they gotta get rid of all close contacts oh, yeah they make the baltimore ravens and nfl teams play without a quarterback <laughs> but the ohio state we're gonna postpone the whole game because of bruised ribs yeah that looked like bruised ribs to me do you think he might have broken it because we saw like drew Brees didn't get hit that hard and bro- he's a lot older obviously but it looked like and it looked like a harder hit than that drew Brees is older but i don't think he has osteoporosis yet i think his bones are probably still fine but yeah, no, Justin Fields, at least, and I know a fracture and a break are the same thing. I don't know if a crack, like, he at least has a cracked rib. I mean, that was, he got, that was a hard, it was, I mean, you know, they, they threw the guy out because they lowered his head, I, I guess, but, uh, which is tough break for that kid. But that, I mean, that looked like it hurt a lot. Yeah, I hate targeting. I hate the rule the way it's written. I think they need to readdress in college football, but the way that it's written, that, is the right call on that play, I feel. Well, because he did leave with his head, right? And so yes. that's like, they said he leave with his head, and I, he did. Um, I My question is, so obviously never played it anywhere like Ohio State or Clemson, but like with the football I've played, I'm like, how could he have changed what he was doing? Like, I, I'm trying to, like, like, as he's diving in there, like, could he realistically have, like, led with a shoulder, even though they're both going at the ground? Like, I'm trying, you know, and, and that's in where I get nip- spinning into it. Right. But I think you're right that like he did leave with his head and they said he got tossed leave with his head. And then they showed the replay. It's like, no, his head hit first and he like very clearly launched and whatever. It just it blew up the quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> so know? that's my thing, though, like the way it is. Yes, that is targeting. It should not be targeting. I think they have to. I, I like more clear cut rules kind of saying it's either this or is it. I think with targeting, they need to make it a little more subjective. Like, yeah. And like, I, I worry that a big hit on the quarterback though might still get him tossed. Like like even with a subject because they they tend to protect quarterbacks in the NFL, right? And so like yes. they trickle that down. But like if you're diving a guy and he spins your jukes and suddenly where your shoulder would be is now the crown of your helmet, that shouldn't be targeting. He hit your helmet, right? But with well, the rule, it's helmet. You're out. Especially like you're saying, like the offensive player is mobile, so like there's not. You know, they're, they're not a dummy. They're not a tackling dummy. Like, they're, they're going to move yeah. into you just as much. You also never see, I say never, now it'll happen in the championship game on some exciting play, but you never see it being called because the offensive player is like a Derrick Henry type, but like leading with his head, right? Like, you know, some, like Trey Sermon leading with his head is not going to get called in the national championship game, like, no matter how, how hard he does it. There's a bunch of things that are illegal for both sides of the ball that they just never call in the offense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, like face mask. If you're a running back stiff-arming, you're allowed to have your hands all in their face or illegal hands to the face now. But 
I've seen that called once in my life, and it was on Colin Kaepernick in the NFL. Yeah, it's, it's almost like going to like him or something. <laughs> exactly. It's wild. But, you know, this game's going to be interesting. Uh, before you go, I mean, you still have time, actually. I got a little bit of time. Yeah, I got a little bit of time. What are your hopes for next year? I know we talked about Sark a bit, but for Texas, what realistically do you think is going to happen? Well, so I think part of the deal and part of the reason – so I was not super fed up with Tom Herman. I'm at this point now with Texas where I think it's going to take – like this is no longer a rebuild. This is a build, right? Like there were people in the first couple of years Charlie Strong. Like we got to rebuild the program. And like when Mac Brown had his first dip, we got to rebuild the program. And Herman said we got to re- – like this feels like it's been so long that like, no, someone's got to just start from scratch and like repaint this picture, right? Um, ironically, we're, we're recording this on the 4th. Uh, th- this is like the uh, you know anniversary of Texas winning a national championship in the greatest college football game I've ever watched in my life in 2000, uh, January 2006 for the 2005 six season. Um, but if we look back at like trying to build a program, I think you just need more than three or four years. And so like my steps would be like much smaller. I don't think people like that as much. But I would think like, you know, last year went seven and three, you know, with a new system, new offense. It might be okay to just go like seven and three, eight and four. I mean, I don't know how many games they get in next year because who knows what the COVID stuff will look like next fall. Um, but to go somewhere in the same range, but look different, like the losses be a little closer, right? And those kind of things, and like maybe a little few more decisive wins. They kind of snuck behind a couple of their seven wins this year. I think the big thing that got Herman screwed though is that there were times this year and last year where it felt like he was worried about playing. A di- like he had a starter you'd have a spell guy come in this year the guy was Bijan Robinson the the freshman running back and like the guy comes in and looks great and like he'd only get a series or like he, he'd only get you know he'd start sharing carries but it, he only gave Bijan like one series out of every four series and wouldn't really give him the, and it's like everyone watching is like oh my god play that kid you know like and so I think that hurt Tom a lot I, I would be lying if I didn't think that stuff Tom did last summer hurt him Right. Or if there were people that just are like, you know, want this thing to be turned on faster than it is and whatnot. But I think what one of the big things that hurt him was this idea that he had his guys and it was hard to break into his guys. Uh, The youth didn't didn't break in very easily that way. Uh, You know, people forget that he was I think was the final score ended up being seven or ten points but they were really close to lsu a year ago right and lsu was it was early in the season right but they were really close with lsu in austin in the 20 in the fall of 2019 and you know if he wins that lsu game he's probably not fired today (laughs) so as weird as that is right and i still have sark (laughs) god that lsu team just keeps making my life a living hell this is awful uh if you guys next year whatever the spread is Let's say Texas is favored for whatever reason. Let's say you blow the spread out of the world. Let's say you're like a seven-point favorite and you guys win by 24. But you go two and whatever somehow the rest of the way. Is Sark's hiring still a success? Or is that, at that point, do you think they should maybe cut ties? That's like a disaster scenario. Yeah. So more. So, let me ask you a little better. How bad can this team be next year? Without you going, we need another coach now. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Well, I think that the thing that's unfortunate at Texas is because there's so much money, even like even as bad as they've been the last 10 years, Kev, it's like they're still top two or three in revenue every year. Um, with as much money as they have, they'll just be like, we're going to throw money at the problem and change it. And I, I, like I said, I think consistency would be nice. Um, the I would imagine the work like the firing point would be like if he didn't break 500, because the truth is the. You know, I'm not telling you that you're an SEC guy. The Big 12 is not great, right? This is not a like power. There have been years in the past 25 years that the Big 12 has been great. This isn't this isn't one of them right now, right? So like Oklahoma's good. Like I said, Patterson and TCU usually squeak out a couple wins they shouldn't. But this isn't one of those years where like it doesn't look like it's gonna be one of those years where like Oklahoma State's good and Iowa State's good and Kansas State's good and Oklahoma's good and Texas. It doesn't look like we're leading towards one of those. Um, and so, you know, if you can't break 500 in that, I think we got a real, real problem. Um, as far as scoring points, it'd be one thing, right? If he's an offensive guy and he makes, you know, defensive hires aren't in his favor, whatever, and it's the big 12. And so he gets run out of the run off the field a little bit, but I, I would imagine that still keeps him with his job or he gets to keep his job. They would then have to get rid of a D coordinator or something and be a short stay in Austin for that guy. But. If it doesn't work out, I think Texas should look at 2007 Alabama. I, I like to relate everything to Alabama. I'm annoying like that. Alabama went five and six that year, but five or they went? Did they go seven and six? Five. So yeah, they went seven and six, which is about 500. But they lost to Auburn and LSU. Right. Luckily, they beat Tennessee, or else they might have fired Saban immediately. <laughs> but so it, even if you lose a couple rivalry games, it makes sense to keep him on and uh, this is the last question i have for you this is a really important question i've wanted to ask it for a while if colt didn't get hurt with texas <laughs> winning i've had i've absolutely thought that my entire life i think the biggest thing there is there was there just felt like there was this momentum give i don't know how old you were when that game happened uh, that was my freshman year of college and i was not at texas i didn't go to undergrad at texas um but uh, my parents did. That's why I mean when I say if it weren't for a place, I wouldn't exist. But the, it just, I was at home watching the game, watching the, like, they had only had a couple of field goals. I mean, they were just driving. It just felt like, it felt like the only thing stopping Texas at that point was Texas. And then Cole gets hurt. Garrett Gilbert, who is my age at that point, like, he's also a true freshman at Texas, and I'm a true freshman at college too. I'm like, Holy crap, that's Garrett. Um, and he's out there playing, and he, ha- they like don't trust him for like, a full two quarters, like legitimately, like it's all dink and dunk passes, and it's turn on hand the ball off. There is, no, and I'm like, ah, what? Like this isn't how you beat Alabama. <laughs> um, it, and so and I've anyway, seen, I've seen his highlights from later on in his career at Texas, not as much 2009 because he only played half a game and they lost. But right, right. Garrett Gilbert was a good quarterback. He could he, play. He was a good. So he had he had good statistical years. He ends up transferring to SMU and finishing up there, where he plays in the June Jones rack up a bajillion yards um 
And he's still a backup quarterback across the NFL. Like, those, you know, there's a reason he's still playing the same way that Colt's still playing. Right. Like those uh, you don't you don't get to last in the NFL that long. Maybe maybe Sudfeld last night put me wrong, but you don't get to last in the NFL that long if you're not a good college quarterback. Right. Um, so I I sit here and maintain that Cole McCoy wins that game. Um, I also feel like there was like I said, there was like momentum and mojo that just left the building when he got hurt. And like. People, some people don't believe in Uncle Mo, but momentum was did feel like a thing. I'm, you're going to disagree with me, but like I, I just feel like momentum was a thing in that game. That's the first argument about Colt McCoy getting hurt that I'm like, okay, that's fair. Because Alabama's defense, it wasn't quite up to the standards of that 2011-2012 team at Alabama, but it was still a pretty good defense. Texas put up 21 points on the 2009 defense, and especially losing your starting quarterback is going to affect the team. Unless he gets benched because he sucked, but <laughs> well, that's the it's like he had like that thing must have been so hurt because he, the the rap on Colt was always that he was super tough, right? And it's like ha, put him back in. He's standing right there, like he's got his hand, like put him back in. <laughs> um, so it, that thing must have really been you know knocked out or whatever. But um, it just that sucks. And then I also remember like that was the Trent Richardson Alabama team, and they had. They yelled on that team too. I think was he a young guy on that team? That I mean, that was a slew of running backs there they had for a long time. But um, I don't think Yeldon was there yet. Uh, Mark Ingram was there. He was Ingram the was there. there. Yeah, and then Richard and so Richardson's his backup. Richardson time, right? was a freshman that two, year. And then Yeldon and Henry come in later. That's the I'm thinking of the two headed monster later in the Alabama years of running yeah. backs. Eddie Lacy was there. Eddie Lacy was. God, he was a that. freshman. Um. No, I mean that's that was just the deal. Was then all of a sudden they were just rolling over. I, I remember so there's a play in that game where Gilbert drops back and then like finally let him sling it a little bit, and he does not see someone coming off the, like left three technique, not quite the defensive end, but so, and he just drop pulls it back to pass and just gets obliterated. Ball out. I, I forget if the ball was like out at the six yard line or something like that. Trent Richardson touchdown two or three plays later it was yeah, that I was mean, not pretty. That. That style of play that, you know, run it down their throats, stifling defense constantly, that's what Alabama fans call joyless murder ball. <laughs> well, it, the other team's joyless. not having fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it was just, I actually, I've never seen that game in its entirety, because like I said before I got on, uh, I wasn't a cultural fan growing up, being from the Northeast. So, but I've never seen that game because I worked at a store right next to the stadium. But they always played on game days, 2011, 2012, and 2015. And the Georgia game occasionally. But <laughs> never the 2009 game because they had all seen it a hundred times. Right. So what years were you at Alabama? Freshman year was 2015. Gotcha. Graduated so 2019. It's all. It's all been final four at that point there was no bcs type because that was the thing about 09 is in the bcs era you're like leading towards this game kind of all year long like alabama and texas were both in the top two or three like the entire year kind of like you know 506 with texas and usc and so like it really felt like this like momentous thing and then like colt gets hurt like oh (laughs) like what we were like we're no longer the second best team in the country you know that's just the way that goes I like the BCS from the point of, I don't think there are four teams that could win a national championship every year. I think in their best year, there's three. But generally, it's two. But I understand the point against the BCS. Like, 
Alabama LSU 2011. Final score is like 9-3 in the game of the century at Bryant-Denny Stadium in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. And then both teams still make it to the college football playoffs. Alabama lost that game, and then they're not college football playoffs. BCS is like, oh, yeah, these are the two best teams in the country. Everyone's like, we don't want to see them a 6-3 game again. And then Alabama blew them out, but I get the argument there. Yeah, I think my big thing there was that it's not that I have a problem with the science and math behind like that picking the two best teams. It's that I want science and math picking like four or eight and letting the science and math pick the, you know, the the deal again, I'm I'm a little bit older than you. The like oh three, oh four, oh five or oh two, oh three, oh four, the USC years that I guess have been technically vacated, there we would end the season with three undefeated teams that felt like every year. And so then you're picking mathematically two of the three and that, that just never, never sat right. Um, but then you move away from the math to pick four. And anyway, I think they ignored kind of the issues really like, like, okay, you want more than two teams. That's fine. We'll give you four, but we're not going to use math for, it. we're just going to see what the committee feels <laughs> like. Whatever the flavor of the month is, those teams are getting in. Oh, and the flavor of the month is Ohio State because they've only played about a month. <laughs> yeah, or like Alabama a couple of years ago uh, in 2018 mm-hmm. when they lost to Auburn, didn't play in the SEC championship, and like me, he's like, well, it's Alabama. Let's put them in. Alabama well, won, and I'm happy, but... Right. Um, well, that, And that's the year Shaka... So Shaka and I have gone back and forth in this on our podcast, FN Sports, um, a couple times where we go back and forth, and he holds on to 2018 as like the example of why it it's okay to have two teams in the same conference in the final or in the in the final four for sure because like that year alabama did win the whole thing and Tua did come in at halftime and did, like that all did happen um anyway it, it, he's an sec guy too though <laughs> like he's a kentucky sec guy That's, so like <laughs> i was gonna guess i thought it was kentucky um and so it's really you know kentucky's obviously a basketball school uh not maybe not maybe not this year but um it, he is an SEC guy that's hard of hearts. So. Last year, Kentucky was pretty good at football. Not this season, where yeah. just at the end, but the year the before, they, were, they had a decent year. The It was a quarterback that wasn't a quarterback, right? He like was a receiver yeah, they, the year before. Yeah. They had a wide receiver who could play quarterback. And it's weird because you usually see it the other way. You have a quarterback who ends up playing wide receiver. But, yeah. I mean, it worked. <laughs> it's all that matters. Right, right. I mean, that's it worked out for them, so. Exactly, but it's, I held you up five minutes longer than you said you could go. <laughs> it's okay. Thanks <laughs> shopping on. It was fun. Parker, it's a lot of fun. I know I just said that. Check out FN Sports, Spotify, Apple, anywhere else. Not weird, but like that it's on, or are those the big two? I, those are the two I listen to podcasts on. I'm sure it's, we do through Pinecast, so it's a bunch of different places, but yeah. check us out. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, etc. through all the belly up stuff. Um, F in sports, my friend Shock and I talking sports, grading it as teachers. It's 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 a lot of fun. I enjoy listening to it. But <laughs> thank you. Good night. That is tail. This is tailgate on the quad. Welcome to the Thunderdome. Want a vocal booth and this is Nudio, bustin' raps. With some gold on my body, off my body, off colors, Rossi, I'm sloppy. I treat my luxury scraper like a Bugatti, Lottie, Daddy. She like to party off Molly, but Cardi Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 